Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we've decided to make this here movie a... Fuck. This episode about movies a drinking game. Ooh. (laughs) Anytime you hear us say anything negative or stupid or do whatever I just did, you're going to hear this sound. That one's for you. I'm going to go ahead and take a drink. And... Go ahead. You finish it up. That sound means we are drinking. So, pour yourself a glass and let's get recruited into... What is that? I thought we were doing the shot thing. I thought we were doing it. Let me, I don't I'm have a shot prepared. We need to finish this movie. We need one. Keep going. Keep talking. I'll be right back. I'm just grabbing a bottle of tequila. Hold on a second. I'm not doing a shot. What the hell is everything... We, guys, we just started this episode and now we're already running away. Yeah, John's Fuck. gone. John's gone. So I'm I'm in charge. Okay, so we are a drinking game, people, and this movie's really gonna test us here because uh we're supposed to keep it positive. We're supposed to talk about why we love movies, but we also want to have an unfiltered conversation about this here film to give you our thoughts, our insights, what we think, what we feel, as opposed to you know what you might read on the critics where it just gets too technical and crap. So we're gonna try to shoot from the hip, but we also are gonna try to keep it positive. So we think drinking makes that fun. And so that's our little gimmick here. And John and I are gonna do a shot and then Dave's yeah. drinking yeah. beer. And Dave's Dave's gonna chug okay. some uh, alcohol from now on six point resin. Yeah. Cheers, okay. you guys. Beginning Thanks, of the episode. Oh yeah. Well, this is good for the nights that we only do one ep- one movie, because yeah, usually right. like we just start getting loose by the end of it, and then we're done. Whereas last <laughs> week, we got to do our... What did we talk about first last week? What did we see last week? Um, we did... What was before Gattaca? Yeah, what did we see in the theaters? We did Gattaca I mean, second. Sh- a lot of happiness Christ. was before Gattaca. <laughs> it's been a crazy weekend. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> We went Listeners, to the movie theater. We're talking about. We saw no. We saw. Did we possibly see no? We saw no. Yeah. John saw it twice last week. You saw it twice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, kids, alcohol's bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Um, wait, John. You after we saw Nope, you went back and rewatched it. I did. Your second yes. watch was in IMAX at the IMAX headquarters in Los Angeles. How was the second viewing? way different like i can't i don't i know like i'm in the <laughs> filmmaker land and like i think about this stuff but you guys it watched visually uh and sounded like a very different experience than my first one the biggest <laughs> thing that i just want to tell people is that there are two really obvious things for one he does use the one nine ratio sometimes so if you have an imax screen near you that has the full uh height he shoots yeah. 44 minutes of that movie in one nine so, of course, yeah. I couldn't see that at all in the regular digital. But the biggest thing that I thought was interesting, and I mean, I'm working in like a sound internship right now, so I'm a little bit mindful of these things. But there was a completely different tone in the audience <laughs> when we were watching it in IMAX than the digital one. And I think it's because in the digital one, we couldn't hear as easily like all the ambient and underlying musical moments. But the dialogue track was plenty loud, right? So just in general... People were laughing a lot more in my digital screening. It didn't, we didn't get as many like outright laughs because there was a, you know, usually literally some kind of ambient tone or chord happening underneath. It was like, yeah, it made you uneasy. Laugh too yeah. free. Yeah. So it was, 
it was very noticeable. I was like, wow, this was a different experience. I still stand oh, by sorry. all the things I, I that we said critically about the story and about the ending, but hmm. it was a really, really fun experience in IMAX. Definitely see it in IMAX. Have you seen the the tweet that's going around that shows the the character poster with Steven Yoon on it? No. If you get that, download that character poster and have a look at his hat. It was right in front of your face the whole time. You can't say because it, it would be a spoiler. Is that why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh nice. That. Thanks. But right. after you, yeah, if, if you've seen the movie, have a look at the character poster, his character poster, and yeah, Dude, you'll see. Uh, I noticed on his jacket. Did you notice his jacket last time? No. On the back of his jacket, you miss it because it's that like tacky print, you know, the white print on his mm-hmm. red suit. It's a fucking flying saucer. It's exactly a flying saucer with like wave things coming out of it. And I just, you just wow. didn't, I didn't think about it at all the first time. Anyway, all good right. times. Well, there's what Nope, everybody. Yeah, we have an episode we're about Nope last week. Yeah, yeah. I saw a next, lot of yeah. movies week, this week. Next week, we can prep you now because we're going to finally see Bullet Train, which means I never have to see that goddamn trailer Unless ever again. push it back again. I don't, yeah. No, come, I, I've seen the trailer so many fucking times. And right? I show up late to movies, which means that they're always putting this trailer last. They must. It must cost more to put wow. the trailer closer. So you closer get Bullet Train than Nicole Kidman. Every time, every yeah. single I see, I've seen Bullet Train almost as many times as I've seen Nicole Kidman this year, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm ready to see this movie so I don't have to watch that fucking trailer again. Um, I'll bust myself for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we're right, gonna have just, to find a way. Hold, yeah, hold sorry. on. Before we get into it, there is one thing we need to clear up because uh, there was there's a little bit of uh, something went down on the Matt and Mark movie show this week. Yes, that's correct. And uh, yeah. it was it was it was led into uh, something we said a couple of weeks ago where uh, during my what you've been watching and in the show we do a what you've been watching segment for anyone who hasn't got there yet yeah um and we recommend some stuff and i i happen to mention the stuff i watched during COVID, and one of them was a, show, a movie recommended by matt and mark called oh, yes. psycho gorman and i posed the question what the fuck is he on yeah, you and were pretty heated about it actually. <laughs> I, I demanded an explanation so this week on the matt and mark show yeah yes. this happened uh-huh. okay so let me clear some shit up First off, I was not kidding. Jeff <laughs> Jeff at the end of that clip suggested I was joking that Psycho Goreman was my favorite movie of last I knew year. He wasn't and, kidding, and Mark, who is but... my best friend, will vouch for me. Mark, was Psycho Goreman my favorite movie last year? I think so, and and rightfully so. It's really fun. I, here's the thing is like how you have to really be into those kind of old school, you know, like meet the feebles type movies. And it kind of like it matches that, and it's just as fun because it's, it's not, not going to be a fucking Citizen Kane or Mark, like Orson Welles. It is it's a one of the best movie. movies ever made, and <laughs> it was certainly one it's of the best movie movies from last year. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think yeah. Dave right. was He's very like, surprised. So. Plus, we all thought we were going to die of COVID. We did all think we were going to die. So I was like, let me just take some fucking movie comfort food. And the movie comfort food I took was Psycho Gorman. So uh, there was no irony there. I was not joking. I really do love Psycho Gorman. It's my favorite movie of last year. I know it came out like two years prior because it's like one of those festival movies. And then it doesn't get a proper release till two years later. But I'm still counting it as a 2021 (laughs) movie. Dave, how dare you? How um, dare you, David? My only explanation I need to tell you is that Psycho Gorman loves hunky boys, and I love Psycho. What a Gorman. way to bring this home, right? <laughs> so Psycho Gorman loves hunky boys, and he loves Psycho Gorman. Yeah, that was all the explanation to- I needed. I'm sold. He's married to a lady, as far as I know. But um, <laughs> you can be married to a lady and like hunky boys. 
Definitely, you're you're fucking right, Dave. You're fucking right. I, we Mad all, Mark. I think we all deep down, we all like hunky boys. So yeah, th- thank you for the reply. Right, we don't have to uh, lean I'm into sold. it. I'm sold. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Mark, I just want to say, I just, I just want to say, I fucking love that we have like parallel existence with this other pod that started around the time we who did. Who are we these all, people? We by just the way, keep who are they? With each other, and anyone who just randomly listened to us would have no idea who we're talking about. It's just like our little group yeah. of they fans. They sent me the best Christmas gift I've gotten in years. I don't even know them. Yeah, no, they're fucking great. You, oh, come on, you've been on their show. You know them. Yeah, I think so. Come on, you know we love you guys. <laughs> there's, there's we buzz you there. all the time because of your uh, your your taste for things like Psycho Gorman. But uh, yeah. can't wait to come back on your show and keep fucking around. Anyway. Let's fucking go, you guys. Let's fucking. All right, do so we're it. talking about the great man. So we are a. Po- Wait, so we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it spoiler free for a little bit. Oh fuck, we have sponsors. John, can you, can you just shout these people out really quick? Dawson <laughs> is really making a move on the socials. Carlos Carlos Barozo is our beer sponsor. Cbarozo.beer. Check the show notes for the handle. And Dasein, our artist in residence, writing all the music on this episode and every single episode. What? He's staying at my house right now. <laughs> Check him out on Instagram. I think the at uh, Dasein Musician, I believe, is there. I was trying to shout him out. Uh, he is officially launching, I believe, on the 16th of August to all platforms. But um, anyway, check all that music out for free. He's ready to rock and... Hopefully he'll come on this fucking show one time and talk some movies. That guy likes movies All a lot right. too. We'll try to keep it spoiler free. Um, how, how do we do this, guys? So we're a gimmick podcast, which means we're, we're supposed to try to keep it positive, but we also can't lie to the people. So how do we talk about this movie? What do we do? Do we? I mean, do I, we, I, this this got what? a lot of shade. This got a lot of shade on the internet, and I, yeah, I I'm not sure why to be honest. Because like, okay, good. I Dave can start. I didn't even pick this. <laughs> I like I didn't even pick this. My wife picked it. She's like, do you want to watch that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I found myself actually enjoying this. I'm like, did people bagging this expect like Endgame two or some shit? Because it's the Russos. It does have an. It has a tomato meter of forty five, but it has an audience score of ninety one. Very curious. Well, we, you know how we feel about critics on this show. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and yeah. So this is this is the kind of movie we should eat up. Mm, we shouldn't be the nine percent. Yeah, <laughs> so, we shouldn't be the nine percent. We should be the the ninety one percent. All right, Dave recommended so this, this one to us. So sometimes people who listen to this show, you might not know, but we try not to talk to each other about the movies ahead of time other than agreeing upon what the hell it's going to be. So at some point in the middle of the week, we're like, what are we doing, you guys? And when Dave threw this one out there, we were like, eh, maybe not. There were a couple others we were considering. And then I said, and I'll, I'll be honest, I said, you know, I haven't heard good things. I don't know if I want to waste an episode and our time watching something that people are saying collectively isn't very good. And he said, you know what? I disagree. I'm glad we watched it. Um, I don't think this is nearly as bad as people were saying. Like, I don't even like using that word. If I made this movie. I mean, sorry, sorry. Give me that gush. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that gush. Yeah. That is not guys, what the gush button's for, Jim. You guys. <laughs> we have an ab- I've been abusing the buttons. I'm sorry. If I, if I made that movie and you guys went on air and said, you, John made John. it. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, it's back. <laughs> there is no way. Fuck you. There is no fucking way this movie is as bad as people are saying it is. And to yeah. the, to that crew of people, I would still ask the question I am always going to ask of you pretentious little cunts. What the fuck <laughs> were you expecting when you saw those two actors in a poster that looked oh. like that with those two writers and directors? What did you think you were going to get? 
it was going to be a fun, ridiculous, action-filled, glitzy CGI kind of. They're, they're not going to make some gritty indie drama. This was not the. This was not. Um, and Jeff, what's the uh, what's the uh, movie with? Um, God damn it! Uh, no one can remember uh, anything in the show Gordon, this week. Commissioner Gordon, what the fuck is this? Dark name? Knight Rises. Oh, know, um, the, Gary Oldman. What was the one where he played this? The really gritty British spy. Thing that he like there he he eventually Fifth element. No, you guys, come on. <laughs> Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yes, this was not going to be fucking Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. This was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I and I can't be mad at them for that. I just I just don't understand where this is coming from. I'm beginning to think that like people are going into most of these popular movies with ridiculous expectations. What the fuck did well, you think this I mean, was going to be? <laughs> the thing is, like, now it's a case of, like, these these were released by Netflix. So straight up, everyone loves to bag Netflix stuff because they, for a while there, they were just throwing any old shit out. But now everyone's kind of jumped on the bandwagon to try and get some hits. It's like, oh, this movie was so shit. And you know what? You barely paid for it. You paid for a <laughs> subscription. You didn't pay to go in. You weren't invested in this at all. You probably put it on and were on your phone for half the fucking movie. You didn't really watch it. I did. Yeah. And I enjoyed the fuck out of it. And I'll tell you what, if you want to compare this to Avengers film, an Avengers film has like four or five big action set pieces. This had fucking nine. Nine (laughs) major set pieces. Nine, yeah. And it ramped up perfectly. So yeah, I'm probably I'm 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 mad about this. Like people should be watching this somewhere between the two of you, because I have a feeling Jeff's about to disagree with us. I have plenty of things that I could be critical about, but ultimately, I, I wasn't expecting something other than this so i i think i had a decent time jeff what'd you think dude i i i actually i actually saw this twice because the first time i I really (laughs) didn't like it and the second but i was like but i knew that i knew that it was probably partly me for some reason i was like this i i don't know i need to see it again before i'm actually like i I don't i didn't want to do that where i see it and then i just like that i'm living with that feeling and i actually eased the second time I watched it. I think my biggest note for the first time seeing this was that the script was a corpse. It was lifeless. There was nothing that had any soul in a single word that anybody said, with the exception of a couple lines where I was like, oh, maybe they wrote for Ryan Gosling. And it was like, no, they improvised. I thought Chris Evans, I I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what movie he was in. I just had a feeling that it was- He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. That's what he was in. Yeah, because I had a feeling, honestly, it was like, it was one of those performances that it's like, you got to make your bold choices. You got to commit. So kudos to him for doing that. I feel like it was- I actually love that characterization. Like, so yeah. I feel like it was awkward on set. I feel like he was doing things and people on set were going, does that work? <laughs> is that, is that going to play? And you know what? That's just, that's just what it, the, the scene where he leans into the guy's face and is like, you better get it back up before I beat you to death with this keyboard. I was like, I've seen that in a student film. I've seen somebody do that in a, in a student film where they got paid no money and they got bagels for breakfast. But at the same time, they're huge stars. This is what they wanted to do. And the best thing about Netflix is that these people who are, they've been tied to the mouse house for so long. They do whatever the fuck they want. And Netflix doesn't give them any notes because Netflix isn't playing the Harvey Weinstein game. Yes. I brought his name back up, but they, people used to think movies were supposed to be a fair enough, <laughs> but people thought movies had to be a certain way. So for instance, like the comparisons for this are John wick and born. Those are the ones that it's going to get for obvious reasons. And those movies pace better than this. Cause this is like the action comes so fast that at the end of it, I was sick of the action. I, I actually like when I got to one of the, the one of the scenes that fights at the end, I, the first time I saw it, I, I just fast forwarded through it cause I was fucking spent. I couldn't watch another action scene. And I, I literally was like, I have a, I, I have a feeling who's going to win. I, I just, I can't do this. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Also, the the way the fight came about reminded me of the movie, um, the the Journey to the Center of the Earth with Danny McBride uh-huh. and Will Ferrell, where they're gonna fight a T Rex. And Danny McBride goes, I owe you my life. I'll do anything for you. And Will Ferrell's like, really? Would you fight this dinosaur for me? And he was like, okay, after today, I'll do anything for you. And then Will Ferrell like gears up to fight this T-Rex. That's what I felt like. And I was like, man, I had two hours of action. Like, don't gear me up for another fight. Just fucking do it. Just get in there. But anyway, I digress because. We should point out that Jeff also listens to podcasts at the 1.5 speed. 1.25. 1.25. I'm back to 1.4. I, I, or whatever. 1.2. I, that's a good. Me, that's a good speed, and it depends on the podcast. Ours does not do well because we talk too fast. Anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. They, they, they wanted to make this movie. I think a studio head would have hired somebody else to say, "We got to go through the script." And that scene with Billy Bob and, and Ryan Gosling at the beginning. You have to give us a shred of wow. something in that opening yeah, scene. Yeah, it, was, it can't be so yeah. droll. It was so mundane. I actually thought I wasn't going to see Billy Bob again. And so, yeah, maybe the Russos intentionally were like, yes, they became father, son and best friends. And you didn't expect that, did you? But at a certain point, it's like, OK, but if you don't give me a shred, it makes me think that you're writing from a computer and that later you're going to come in and flesh the character out. But they got green letter. This movie's been in development for 10 years. So I was really confused by that. But they made the movie they wanted to fucking make. Netflix didn't get in the way. No studio came in and said, this isn't going to get any playtime unless you have this, this, this. You need a love scene. You need this kind of stuff. I, I'm, I ultimately, I'm, I saw it twice I'm, and I made it all the way through the second time. So it must have been pretty decent, I guess. That's what I think. How's that for an analysis? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the action is fantastic, but it's fucking exhausting. It, it comes so quick that at a certain See, point, I'm like, what is, what is, what are, is it just the amulet thing? Yeah, like, how do you where like did this it? come from? what are we running from what are we fighting from i like the jason Bourne I, things where they I have to the try to figure reaction. it out they don't even try to figure it out they just keep going for two and it's so long it just keeps coming ah jeff what well said let's go <laughs> let's go right into spoilers let's go right into spoilers because i think i, I want to join you in some of these criticisms uh, constructively, of course, I'm I, not I getting buzzed, I want to be, but uh... <laughs> this is the first time I've seen a, a terrorist attack, and then we got to see the hospital in a good way afterwards. I thought maybe the Jack Ryan season one, but it was cool that we got to see the consequences of this a little bit. That was one of my complaints with Marvel. We never saw a hospital. We never saw them go yeah, like trying to pass out water bottles. You know what I mean? After they just destroyed cities, so this one ended at gunfight and them killing police, but like, it's still, right, right. So let's, let's, let's <laughs> oh, the go spoiler to... alert's on. Trust me. Spoiler it's, alert is on. Okay. Everyone on YouTube so, is safe. <laughs> so I think, I think what I was trying to say earlier, and I've, I've made this comment before is that there was not a single second where I was worried about anybody in this movie. Yeah. 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 It no. felt very safe. And I think I knew that so early on with that. Unfortunately, if we're going to be totally honest, Russo bros, Give those two Academy actors another take. I don't know what was going on in that <laughs> opening scene, but my goodness, that 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 dialogue in that mm. scene was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll drink to that. I mean, you have to. It's the rules. <laughs> if there was a, uh, if there was a, first of all, I don't feel like the rest of the dialogue in the movie sounded like that, so I was a little confused. Like I feel like they were setting us up for a kind of stylized spy versus spy almost noir kind of like 50 style dialogue dude it was it, it was of... it was la femme nikita sure that's but that I mean, was it that was what that scene was it was la femme nikita all right well if it was that they abandoned it because i felt like it <laughs> didn't feel like that for the rest of the movie no um, they, but also yeah. it just i just don't know if well, it they, worked 
So it they was kind of, of a weird. Yeah, it, was, it was. Yeah, that's that's true. I I mean, for one, I when I looked at this, I was swept away by a lot of the production, not so much the script. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, because there kind of wasn't one. Ooh, yeah, and it's, so it's what, what's really funny when they're in development for so long, and then you hear that actors are improvising on this, on this, which is great. Find the character in it, but what it does is then there's sometimes where Ryan Gosling is like sweet and charming, but he's supposed to be this ruthless killer, and so like, it's 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 just it's hard to develop that through line when you have certain scenes that are stiff and dead on the on the page, and then you have some scenes that are so loose and fun and free. And, and, you know, editing can only do so much. Okay, sorry. Back. I digress. Back to you. I agree. I, I guess I just ultimately moving in further into the movie. Um, I'm always curious when people make, make films like this. I guess I, just, I guess I would just like to ask them, like, even in a popcorn-y kind of movie where you're really you know, they're not trying to make you question all your life choices leading up to pressing play on that film. I get that. And I, I wasn't thinking about that, but, but there was, there were so many moments where I, I could tell Jeff there was questioning his life choices. <laughs> well, sure. I chose this movie too. I know I'm, I'm happy. I saw it too. He definitely chose to see it twice. There were so many moments where there were so many moments where the action was so good. And of course we can't not think of the, the mission impossibles and the gym. They're competing with massive, massive uh, movies and franchises mm. that have had, a lot of formulaic sequences behind them. So you have high expectations, especially when they set a tone like that first sequence in the club, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess moving forward, what you don't want to say about a $200 million movie, you don't say about any movie, but especially if you're spending that kind of money, all the money and all the effort is going into all, all the, all the stuff. You don't want to say, God, there were problems with the story and the performances weren't as strong as they could have been. You don't want to say that. That needs to be absolutely taken care of so that all the things around them are being supported by very believable, grounded performances. So if I'm being totally honest, I, I, I totally respect that these guys just wanted to make something that was a different tone and they wanted to have some fun. They do come from a comedy background. Um, but my favorite stuff that they did within the Marvel world, which I understand there's a context there, but my favorite things they did was it finding very, what I thought were very creative creative methods of subverting dramatizations of character expectations that we all thought were just already two-dimensional. They showed us that, no, 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 Captain America can Especially be dark. Civil War, yeah. Captain, yeah, there were, there were ways to go against it, starting with Winter Soldier and all the way through, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. I thought it was really fun. And I, maybe they were like, I don't want to do that this time. But again, that safe thing that I was saying, I just, for all of the massive amount of action, I wish I was a little bit more on the edge of my seat for what the characters' motivations were in all of those amazing sequences, um, so I just I, I, I kind of like, couldn't stop thinking yeah. about that. But I feel like this was, was their vacation film after Endgame. I, I think so too. Yeah, it is. Like, but they put so fun, <laughs> they put so yeah, much work fun. into this. That, there, there was some really and, like, great some of, some of that work really really pays off. Like I yeah. I wasn't kidding. I enjoyed. Like I wasn't looking too deep into story because I I knew what it was. You, you I, it's, yeah. it's it's an action film. It has nine big action set pieces in it. Yeah, those but don't, just, don't make it seem like you had to look deep to. to those, hear some no, of those those lines. Those, <laughs> set, those set pieces, like those action Sorry. sequences, were fucking amazing. True, and well, the camera work was fucking amazing. Um, I mean, I I really love when he was like start, like handcuffed to the bench. 
and that everyone's just trying to kill him and he just managed to to avoid everyone and they're like he's like can you please kill the guy handcuffed that's, to the bench that was chris evans like, best moment yeah, in the movie yeah. for sure um, like, can we kill the guy that's t- handcuffed to a bench? Like, yeah, yeah, that was definitely but it, for sure. Um, I think the end, the end sequence, which I kind of there's a that's the thing. There's a lot, a lot of the stuff in this you kind of see coming, but when it happens, you don't mind. Yeah, like the end sequence um, with the the last rescue. I want to say those fucking drone shots. I will always couple, hand yeah. out respect to those. Like this, apparently they used um, like it's it's a brand new drone. It goes so fucking fast. You have to wear goggles. You can't fly it uh, like freehand. So he the 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 drone operator who uh, goes with the awesome name of Stephen Blizzard um, <laughs> was doing those and those some of these those big establishing shots where they come in and they spin to the cast. That was not according to the Russos visual effects. He flew that drone in and spun. There Whoa. was there were one or two and that were really amazing. I feel like sure. we really know how hard that is to do, especially on a DJI Phantom Three. When we sh- we shattered our DJI <laughs> Phantom Three, it is, true. it is true. It is true, you guys. But Dave, do you remember that yes, time? Yes, we I killed was, the drone. We killed the drone. Was, you we and Alex. Do you the time you, I think it was you, me, and Alex, and y'all were looking up that uh, virtual like 360 arm that had been created a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just saying to both of you, I was just like, what the fuck is the point in this? And y'all were listing all of the amazing reasons that it could be used. And I just remember, I just remember thinking like that, I guess I'm just trying to imagine a reason why the story would make that necessary. And like, this is a perfect example where like, I guess I'm just nervous that people like you and me can really appreciate that shot. And somebody who isn't watching for that reason is just going to be thinking, now the scene is established. Do I care about the story that's happening next? So I guess I wish that um, I, I, I was blown away by some of the crap they pulled off with production. Like, I didn't know that these like, guys directed it when I pressed play. I just I had uh, seen the trailer. Wait, really? I remember thinking, like, who directed this? Like, this is this is really good action direct. I was like, who the hell made mm. this thing? Um so I wasn't shocked when I found out it was them. But then I was a little disappointed when I found out it was them because I think they've made some some much better, just as writers. I think what Infinity they did with War, the yeah. scripts for the Marvel stuff was, was some of the better Marvel movies of those periods that we've all celebrated and we really like. But again, I, I, still, I don't want to sound like an asshole. This was fine. If you're looking for this kind of Guys, movie, it's going to give it to you. How sexy was the CIA headquarters? I didn't realize CIA was so sexy. These All people right, who like oh, thank live you. in yeah. this. Right, so they had I'm cool lighting, and I was I like, reckon, everybody in here fucks. That building That's too. exactly like, what that we was, want from our I'm pretty sure All that right, building so, was just used in Flash Forward, uh, the series. So I didn't want to say this. I didn't want to be the one to bring this up, but Jeff, you already alluded to it. I couldn't help myself. I immediately pressed play on like the first Born movie, and I watched one and two after watching these. Because I... My only like real specific critique to aside from the everything was fine, what I just said was that there were certain moments that when when you're so shamelessly cinematic with your action, mm. I think it's more fun if you find juxtapositions to bring it back to a pedestrian kind of feeling. And I think they really blew it with their stuff in the CIA office. It was so melodramatic in, in the way they lit it, filmed it, that and was the acting. Like, that was kind of like the one time I tuned out. Yeah, it really frustrated me. The lighting shift was really cool, and I was like, "It's not. That's not lying. No, it's ridiculous. I'm not gonna." So, my least. No offense to this guy, but I thought he was in. I I don't know what he was doing. Reggie Jean Page. Reggie Jean Page. Oh Mm. yeah, I actually didn't even recognize that was him, and I saw this movie twice. That (laughs) Reggie Jean guy. 
Yeah. That really, I don't think it's his. It's, it's clearly, that guy's he's his a fault. super talented performer, fault. and I just don't know what movie he was in. I mean, they have you have lines which, which, on my second viewing, I I simmered off on, but they have lines that like nobody goes to Harvard to play football. You did, oh yeah. You know when you have lines like that on the page, like you're not helping the actor out, and you know what? There's, I can see, I can, I can understand the conversations that would justify that line on the page, but at the same time. You guys are writing a two hundred million dollar movie. You're not writing a two hundred million dollar movie. You're not writing a student <laughs> film. Uh, but just, I mean, just think about this. If 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 those two characters are Tracy Letts and Carrie Coon in CIA, and everything else is the same, yeah, it's not as yeah, it's not as sexy, but it's believable. And I think that makes the rest of it sexier. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're talking about performance, anyway, right? Yeah, if you just cast them again, instead yes, of yes, yes, dude, I feel like it was stuck in melodrama. Even if literally, I'm just saying, if yeah. you had just directed them just less, well, give me, give they me. Didn't less. Know what they didn't know what they wanted because they didn't. this was even colored like melodrama. Like was, the colors yeah, were all sure. accentuated. They did like Mad Men cuts. What are those? A couple of those like where it goes into like the title scroll, and then later on at the end of the movie, it, it almost felt like that kind of Mad Men. Like, I, I, I the swear the end of the, that, that last fight was shot on a virtual stage because no one can control the sun like that. Oh, interesting. Didn't think about the sun. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that like because they had the sun coming up in the background of the fight. I'm pretty cool. sure it was it was yeah shot on a One virtual, of the virtual stage. stages. That's, that's yeah. Because they, they probably built the fountain and then just the everything else was virtual. Uh, but they, you know, they had things. It's great that we can do that now. They have little things like the the, the rewatch of this is going to be for fun because they have little things like when Reggie John Page is in the stall, clearly not pooping. He's just sitting there. And then the girls, she comes that in. That was and really I forget, weird. I forget what she says. Oh, he misses. She he, always he, blew, says, he blew off his ex, Phil. I, I don't know what that is, but he, he, she goes, he blew off his ex. The son of a poop bangs. And then he's out. And it happens so quick that it's just not human. So you can, you can do melodrama. Uh, that's his but it's exfiltration. Like, that's his escape vehicle. Great. But the, like the t- I'm talking about the actual timing in the scene. It's mm. like, it's, it's literally impossible. You can't process things that quick and then react to them that quick. So it's like what, what they were doing on set, they directed Arrested Development, you know, so I, and community. Like they, they, they know beats and timing. They let that be inhuman, you know, and it's, and it's too bad because I'm with you where the action sequences were great. There were about seven too many out of them. A two would have been great. But like, mm. I, I, <laughs> I really, I, I wanted a gimmicky way of talking about this because there is fun stuff in there. We had a, we had one of the most attractive movie stars of all time, and they didn't sexualize it. I thought that was pretty great. That was amazing. Like, Don't yeah, she's not on the poster. She's yeah. not on the poster at all. Like, <laughs> I had some friends ask me today at the shop. They were like, "I mean, he is they America's." Were like, Does Chris ass. Evans take his yeah. shirt off? And I was like, "You know what? He doesn't take his shirt off." Ryan Gosling gives you a few shirtless moments, but and they were like, "Well, then I'm definitely not watching it." And I was Ryan like, but he Gosling really had spent pants. some time in he the damn gym. <laughs> Holy crap! Gosling did well. This is his first movie since 2018. Obviously, there's mm. a pandemic in the middle, but he must have been prepping this. Yeah, so he pretty much built an exercise room during the pandemic. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. And he probably he, weight, weight he probably did the Keanu Reeves thing where he was like, "I gotta mm. make it look believable." Did you I guys gotta, dig the? Really do it. He is that guy is is nothing if consistent. He's a very talented actor. I'm a huge Ryan fan, but man, he's he was like, "I'm not gonna I'm gonna underreact." to everything, everything <laughs> just like i do in most movies and it's going to be awesome every time he I mean, got hit or stabbed he was just like mm. yeah that was it was great it was great yeah. <laughs> it think was, about this this is the oh, most ruthless knee. killer this good. is the most ruthless killer who's going to be the next jason Bourne who had killed one person once <laughs> and then I mean, he did an interrogation it room is, and it was, is funny like that you brought up the jason Bourne thing because like if you, if you look at the difference between like the camera techniques like these guys had like 
the drone, obviously, which they use to like great extent. What train? I thought that drone was going right into the train. On the sequence. They, I, don't I mean, that. it went into a building, and we all know what you should that not was crazy. like. You should not drink five beers and fly a drone inside. Like we all know that. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming they didn't drink five beers before that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that happened. Um, it's it's interesting to see like that they had they used the drone for like certain shots, and then it relied on camera work and stuff. Whereas like Born, when they're filming handed the camera to a stunty on a wire rig and went jump off that building and it's one of the most memorable shots of the movie like the jason board jumps off the sea, the roof and yeah. the camera jumps off the roof after him is that the one and where it goes it, in, he goes into the water and then he ultimatum no no that's it's when he goes through the window the middle yeah. middle of the movie fight Ult- oh, Ult- my yeah God. ultimatum yeah. when they really they really got creative that was the first time they ever built a camera rig that uh led the into a, cra- a wreck as well um so the, oh, the cameras, wow. the cameras actually on the front of the car leading into the wreck. Oh, that's that's cool. a daring fucking camera operator. I can tell you that. Did the camera make it? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The guy's dead, but the camera was fine. I mean, that's the thing. No, no, yeah. no. I guess I just want to say, I guess I just want to ask you him know, like, Dave, your back is out because of cameras. You saved the cameras. <laughs> It cost you a back. I'm just trying to imagine, guys. I'm going to put us in our proverbial writers' room, as I as I always do. The three of us are sitting there saying, "Look, let's tell they didn't a story." Have one. This is the only problem with Netflix. <laughs> they brought in Stephen McFeely, who also won an Emmy for writing something about some Stephen Sellers movie from 2004. A little dated, I would say. Sorry, John, you have your point, but the no, point no, is, if an actual studio would have would have said. Uh, this is a great movie. Can we please just hire a comedian to like give this some life? Can we please just hire a play, a playwright or something to just give it a little bit of life? Sorry, back to you, John. No, 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 you're you're good, man. Because I, I, uh, I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where we're writing this kind of story and we can list, you know, multiple franchises that are awesome that have similar kinds of characters, and and I guess I would just want you guys to hold me accountable to if we're not going to go too serious like some of the heavier tonal mission impossibles or the jason bournes and we're not going to go too lighthearted like some of the some of the 80s schwarzenegger some moments of uh i don't know some of the some of the lighter like middle of the road james bonds i i, I guess i would want you guys to tell me like we got to go one way or the other dude like we, we got to pick which movie we're going to make because i don't i think they very consciously said no we're not doing serious we're not going to try to be mission impossible we don't want to do that ethan hunt and tom cruise are on a roll let's not even fuck with it but if you're going to do that and you're going to direct chris evans to be like go big you know this this is ridiculous Hmm. then i just wish the whole movie was more shamelessly comedic because i think if it was funny and it had all that stuff (laughs) i think well, I'm with you because it, it seems like Chris Evans, like a part of him really wish he was Stephen Sellers in this. And I, I'm not just saying that because I just mentioned Stephen Sellers from the other writer, but there were times where he walked in and he was like, had a, he was like picking his nose with his gun and then like murdering somebody where it's like, does he think this is funny? Because it's not serious, but I, like, I, I, I don't know where, I just don't know where he was landing because the idea of everybody else is serious. So therefore I can be loose i mean that's been I mean, half I, I the bond villains like, so it's I not like new that was, that was his thing though it was like you you didn't know which way he was going to react in any situation because he was, com- he was completely chaotic there's a difference between a choice and pulling it off and chaos for chaos for chaos sake can only get you like five minutes did you guys unless see unless you hate ledger 
Did you guys see? I'm no, gonna, no, I'm gonna, no, no, because he was very tactful. He was. That was. I would. I would. We could spend a whole episode on that. But I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spend. I don't want to compare this too much. But I just thought it was a successful example of what Netflix was doing with a monster, monster budget movie. Um, did you yeah, see they were Red giving Notice? them money and getting out of the way? <laughs> no, Red Notice is the other two hundred million dollar movie. So it's the other big one. So we got Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. And I thought that one was more. Actually, I actually never watched that. You know what? We'll watch think. it and let me know what you think. I'm not saying it was oh, wait, like yes, a, a really, really yes, great I film. But I, I enjoyed this was... more. <laughs> you enjoyed this more. Dave, okay. for forgetting he watched Netflix's other $200 million movie. <laughs> the same budget as Titanic. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess there were just moments where I just, I kept feeling myself being like, I just kind of wish they would go one way or the other. Let me get excited about the comedy or let me get invested in the drama. Just pick one, please. So I could actually care a little bit more because I thought the things that were happening to them were were dramatic but then they would have a line or cut away and it wouldn't just be like a fun movie line it would be intentionally like they wrote a joke and i was just confused like you never want to hear people writing jokes you know what i mean if it doesn't you know come out of been, character then you know what I've been, I, I, we're gonna we gotta turn this back to the positive because i think people get it i, I you mean, know what this, I, you, know, you know what i wish they had a little bit more of i just wish they had more of a chase because they all, it was always, they go there and then people find them and then they blow up and there's a huge thing. And then they I mean, go there, there and then there people find them and they blow up. And then they I go re- there and they I, blow up. I rewound I one wish, of those shots. Just wish one time they just got away without amazing. anybody having oh, to oh, murder oh. police officers. You know what I mean? Dave, just what'd like, you say? <laughs> I, I, there was definitely a chase because I rewound one of those shots where like they, they took, they went into the chase with the drone and I was like, did they just fucking zip that thing sideways? You're missing and- my point. I mean, without action, without murdering, without death, without destruction, a, a thing where they're moving no. and then in the in the car, but the exception of the one time they go to Prague to meet that woman and then guess what? People show up and blow it up and it's like, Jesus Christ. I wish there was one moment where they could be like, okay, now that we have a second, can you tell me what's going on? And then they had they like threw in the back. I can't keep doing this. They threw in the backstory line, which was so... I know they've been setting it up, but like that little. I know, I know, I know, I know. This anyway, last thing, um... I, this last thing I would say before we go, <laughs> let's bring it back to being positive. I know. I, I want no, to try I'm sorry, to... I'm trying. No, 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 no it's okay. I'm not trying. I, but I, I, try... I wish I was trying. I'm trying to put. I'm hey, trying to put I've had myself... worse than you. <laughs> I'm trying to put myself in the headspace of these two dudes who are thinking we have an enormous amount of money and a big responsibility. When you're making a movie that big, you can't help but think like people are going to watch this. We're going to influence some people's entertainment lives, like. We just came off of a pandemic. I can get why they were scared to go too dramatic with it. I, I, I totally understand why they were like, I don't know if yeah. we want to make a super down and gross yeah, that's and fair. serious movie about it's I depressing. We're going to kill then Why do they green light this script? <laughs> but if, or if you're going to green light this script, problem solve and make it really funny. All right. Number one performance in the movie. Danush. That Danush. Guy Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Killed it, dude. He was like, that guy's in the movie yeah. that I want to see. That yes. guy is in. The, he was living inside <laughs> of this this place that I was like. Everybody just just play off of him. I don't know. It's, you know, Wait, sometimes is, people get is, lucky, he, but I think he's he just the one who he's it. the one who got the necklace and at the end was like, you know what? I don't even want it and walked away in the middle of a fight, which on on yeah. paper seems ridiculous. They they almost killed each other, but since they didn't, fuck it. No money here. Take this and I'll just leave. And it's like that should have been ridiculous, but he pulled it off. And then Ana de Armas is just watching, like, what the fuck did he just do? And it was a great moment. You're right, John. I want to see more of that. And I'm wondering, is he going to be a central figure in the second one, which is now being greenlit? Good or bad. I love that. You you leave, but you don't know which side he's going to be on. It's cool. I totally thought he was going to join them. Yeah. Their last fight was really fun. I wish I didn't. I wish I wasn't going to be saying this, but I totally believed her action. But character-wise, I don't know. I kind of just felt like Ana de Armas was 
you know, anybody could have played that. I, I like, she's really good. She's super talented. I'm not mm. saying she's not talented, but I don't feel like there was anything scene work wise that made me think like, that's why she gets paid the big bucks. Cause the stunt double did most yeah. of that work. We know that. So they like, used what her about she, as know? well as I use black widow. I'm with you. Whereas, yeah. whereas, whereas we saw her do amazing things in bond. They made a small role. Oh shit. What is she stole, is the, the, fi- stole the fucking film? Yeah. She was in it for, it had for 10 dimensional. Minutes. She was funny. Yeah. She pretended to be kind of clumsy, but she was actually fucking. She was more badass than that than this. I mean, she was awesome in this, but there was also a time where she had to put Ryan Gosling in the trunk and they didn't know what to do. They didn't direct the scene. So she just like tapped him with a gun and he like fell backwards and his legs were still hanging out and they just cut away. <laughs> so, like, so you I'm know, sad. she, didn't, so she didn't really have any help. I'm sad to say this because like this would be like my. Worst fucking nightmare if anybody ever said something about a movie that I spent like four years developing and making. But the line that keeps coming back to me is just another Thursday. And part of me thought when I finished this movie, just another Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Like, I'm sorry (laughs) to say it, but like the significance you know, this, I, and this is not about drama versus comedy. We have seen comedies yeah. that are like, whoa, that's a touchstone. They really did something special. We, you know, Die Hard, they're amazing action comedies. And I kind of just felt like, Jake, you couldn't even remember seeing Red Notice, $200 million movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like a, I can't, oh my goodness. So, and Ryan Reynolds, uh, I love that guy. Yeah. And Ryan and well, Dwayne. But, but to be fair, to be fair to you though, if you directed this movie, you would have seen that opening scene with an A-list movie star and a former A-list movie star, Academy Award winner. And it's you you know you only have two minutes to make a first impression, but you also know it sets up your whole movie. And there's no way that that's what you walk away with. There's Guys, no I would have sent you that you scene. Sent Billy I would have been like, I would have sent, sent you that you scene. You would have sent that to said... Billy Bob and Ryan Gosling, and you would have said, Guys. What movie are we making? We have to decide right now. Right now, it yeah. can't be you nothing. It, you would have sent me funny. that scene, and I would have given you notes. And you wouldn't have talked to me for two months. It's either we know he, it's, no, we, wait, we know I he's going to be your dad, and it's going to be like a buddy movie where the two best, like the two, you know, the mentor mentee are going to be trying to get back together, or it's going to be an intense action like Mission Impossible Three or something. Like it's going to be, it has to be one of those. It can't I don't think just anything be anything. Be as tense as Mission Impossible Three. Well, great. Well, so well, we <laughs> so got to we, yeah. we had to shoot for the stars, There's land on the moon or whatever the fuck. Like go, you got to you got to choose <laughs> that opening scene. They, they had not chosen what's, yet. I'm sorry. What's Simon <laughs> Pegg's character's name again? <laughs> no, Benji. Benji. <laughs> yes, that's an excellent throwback. <laughs> Oh man! No, I, no we I, have to I talk about other think, good things. We have to talk about other good things about the movie. Got to do it. I uh, I really liked. I don't think um, the introduction of six. I really did love that club scene at the beginning. I had. Yeah. I didn't like the prison scene. I totally agree with you. The intro sequence was like fun and flashy. I was like, all right, whatever. I hope it's not going to be only that. And then the club scene was cool. The introduction to six. Mostly the action. I don't know if I loved the little exchange at the beginning with him and Anna Darmus. You wear that suit. You have a real fly on the wall. Yeah, you too. I was like, all right, God, is it going to be like this the whole time? But then once he started moving, I felt John Wick vibes. I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is really beautiful production design. I- I'm believing every muscle in Ryan Gosling's body. Like, I'm I'm believing everything he's doing. I'm enjoying, you know, the CIA looking at him and him starting to set up this idea of like, okay, he's going to go rogue in just a little bit. This is happening. And I really liked Callan Mulvey, the dude who played the first four. guy, the yeah, four. four. He was fucking <clears throat> awesome. And their exchange, I also thought was like, 
okay, this is a little light at the beginning, great. but I great. think we're going to get more and more and more dramatic. So I really, really enjoyed how they began they with that sequence. I think I'm going to, I'm going to be quick because I'll send it to Dave. I think one thing I really liked was the use of like TKO in this, where somebody who knew that they were dying, like I love, I love when Ryan Gosling got four right in that one spot. They didn't drag it out. It was like they they knew it's over. You win. I'm dying. I got two minutes. This is what we're going to do. I feel like they use that really well for a spy thriller. Like mm-hmm. especially every single time, whether it was we're in spoilers, right? Alfre Woodard, we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. yet. She had a very small role, but she was great. Billy Bob for when they knew that they were succumbing. They I, I feel like they played those moments really well. True. Mm-hmm. Dave, give us lighten this up. What do, what do we got? I mean, I I went into this with zero expectations, so I like I I I was like, what are the Russos going to throw? I I'd, I'd heard some bad things, but I was just like, let's just put this on. And if you want to put something on and just tune out and watch some cool stunts, explosions, shots, sure. Sure. Uh, you don't want to think too much because a lot of people don't right now. This is your fucking movie. Like if if you just it want totally something is. that's going to relax your brain, I have a question. Totally is, and Actually, I guess yeah. I'll just. I guess I'll Sorry. just say to that, the only thing that makes me nervous about that is that everyone, including Netflix probably, which is, I'm assuming this is why they are resisting putting even their biggest movies in theaters now, the risk of losing money. It just makes me nervous that they are programming us into thinking that that's okay. Yeah, um, that's exactly, like that's exactly that. what I was saying. Putting their stuff like, in theaters, they bought their own theaters and they're putting it in them in on the West Coast, know, so they're academy you know qualified. I, mean. I keep, yeah, I keep laughing. I keep laughing uh, at the shop. They're they're working on you know tons of shows all the time, and a lot of them are Netflix hmm. originals. And I I keep joking about how one day I think I'm going to be very what? lucky to eventually okay. direct the uh, you may also like movie. That's what I'm calling them. The, well, my, uh, <laughs> my counterpoint to that is Netflix has always done that. Yeah, but they also are well, struggling now. They, they need to, they need to keep reading it a lot no, no, I'm going to say no to that only because that's true with the series to a certain extent. I'm not, I'm not even going to say that. Their yeah. first series was fucking House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, which I didn't love as much as everybody else. But those are two really good series. Yeah, the series, series were great. But when they started making movie production, oh, it was come on. just Dude, their first throw movies, anything out. Their first movies they really put their weight behind were Oksha and then Roma and then the, the Irishman. And no, cool. they bought those. Yeah, they bought those. It's true. They had studios really? already I thought they already. Movies. I thought they signed distribution sales with them before they made those movies. They didn't no, produce those were already them, made. but they signed distribution so they were, sales. They were, all already at, made. they were all at least, in, Roma was already made. They were all at least in pre-pro with other studios. So they already had funding to get them going and develop and stuff. I think, I think they signed distribution with them before, but uh, I'm with you. I'm with you to say that quality has to continue to matter. Of course. I think people have been listening to me and know that, but the one thing about what Dave's saying though, which is, which I am curious about though, which is different from the Marvel movies. It's different from comic book movies, no matter how humanistic and how many, I don't know if that's a word, how realistic they make those movies. There's still comic books and there's still people that are godly. They're, they're not real. They have traits that, that, as far as we know, don't exist here on Earth. Um, mm. And ridiculous, like, Greek accents. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of very realistic, <laughs> mindless, numbing murder that happens in this movie that is just so Chris Evans can get his way. He sends people into squares and just says, murder women and children with, with machine guns, who gives a fuck, as long as I can get my way. And so part of me is actually 
hoping that people don't want to watch these movies anymore. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm, put, I'm putting down action movies, but when they're mm. so unmotivated as this, when the action, getting that little drive is so important to Chris Evans because he's a winner and he went to Harvard, go fuck yourself. Like thousands of people died in this. And I do hope as a culture and as a society, we would rather see a drama in which emotional things happen than turn on a mindless murder movie and just have it on while things are That's getting fair. blown up and murdered. That's just Because these aren't, these aren't just contract killers, but although I, after a certain mm. while, I'm kind of like, are these contract killers okay? Do they have families? Because they're all getting murdered. Police officers in Prague are getting murdered just for Nobody thinks about the henchmen. Officers. Which again, which again is so, it's so weird to me that I thought the Russo brothers had like planted their flag when they started with Winter Soldiers. They're going to be the guys who make movies like that and then subvert it. They're going to turn that key and make you think, isn't this a little fucked up that you're having so much fun, audience? Yeah. And I thought they were going to do that with and this. Maybe and, they wanted that. Yeah. Maybe when, maybe at the end when the CIA, whatever, when, when I don't fuck their names, I don't care. When, whenever, yeah. when, when they destroyed the evidence. To be like, we murdered all these people. It was our fault. It was America's fault. And we're going to get away with it. And we're going to double down in the future. Yeah, Maybe that, that, that one conversation outside the headquarters, I was yeah. like, ooh, that's that's and- a little... And maybe mean. that maybe that was the whole movie. Maybe they circled yeah. that, and we said we want people to understand that America is doing this. And maybe they left that set that day, and they said, "Yes, we're doing good." But it just didn't land, you know. After I don't know, I don't know. It's, I keep I can't help. Fuck, I, I can't help I, with this I, movie I totally because you're agree. right, Dave. You're I right. Know. There's amazing things that happen in this movie. Yeah, but I think but it's the a script is not one of them. The script is not one, and it's a little exploitative. And the murder of innocent people, John Wick would never have said. We're gonna have to check the buzz numbers because we might have beat Frozen this time around. <laughs> it was rough. I still, I still think that most of you out there, if you're looking for something like this, you'll probably be with Dave and I. That it's fine. You know, I think you're gonna have a decent time watching it or a good time watching it. If you're looking for a more significant experience, I would not watch Wait. this. I'm, I'm with you, though, because I really like the train sequence in Prague. There's so much stuff that I liked, believe it or not. When they went in the maze, you're, you're, when they went, when they went in the maze, you liked it. I love when he, I love he, he, he Buffalo built, he had a Buffalo Bill bunker and he flooded it out and then he had a bomb. That was all pretty fucking clever. That was really it. cool. I love when he dropped the, well, the grenade. That guy, and Chris, liked too. That guy was great. He didn't, he didn't yeah. need to die. It was stupid. Was that the guy from Coda? He looked like the guy from Coda. Thank you. God damn it. I was like, where had was I seen it? that guy? He was the music teacher from Coda. It was him, right? Let me it's look at his gotta name. be. It's gotta um, be. I'm looking him up right now. I can't find him. It might not have been, but it might have been. Okay, anyway. No, um, I think you're right. What else did I love about? Oh, but but you're telling me when they went in the maze at the end, you weren't like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> tell Elizabeth, me like, Elizabeth I was, was waiting for like, someone to bust out an axe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when they started dragging him that way, Elizabeth was sort of like, tell me there's a tell me there's not a fucking maze. And Anadamas is like Anadamas is like, I could kill him right now. And everything I knew about Ryan Gosling is that he just was like, let just be let's be done with this, let's move on. I'm bleeding out. And instead he was like, Thank you. No, we need Jeff, to face ready, this in ready, person. Ready? I was like, no, this no, no, was, no, no, this, no, 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 Endings fucking matter. They're the punctuation to the film. And all the iffiness about whether or not it was supposed to be funny, if they had just shot him after they built up this huge moment, yes! I would have been like, no, the Indiana Jones ending. It would have been we know it, was. It, it just went a whole other way. And I just felt like now they're just manipulating us. They just want to watch these two guys fight. And 
Yeah. I just don't know if and you've earned it. I just don't know if we can. And you just missed a really funny moment. It was just a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think everybody was ready to laugh at that. Like you could have <laughs> you could have cut down to eight action sequences. We would have been fine. Shoot him in the arm totally and have him, shoot him in the stomach and have him like die funny. You know what I mean? Like have him die and like complain and be like, oh, after okay. all that, whatever. I, I don't give a shit. A, just, like, a gut it. shot is not funny. <laughs> just saying. Yo, her sequence. That shit hurts. Funnier her than the other one, shit, though. Her, There's so much of this movie fucking, hurt. Uh, they pulled by fucking, Billy Bob's fingernails off. That was pretty good. Her, Tom Hardy in Inception, one man band with a fucking grenade launcher attacking the building. <laughs> that whole sequence was badass, dude. She yeah. never missed. But she took was a fucking incredible. helicopter down. That was fucking sick, dude. That when was Suzanne, good. And I did Suzanne. really enjoy. I did really enjoy Chris's uh, Chris Evans' reaction when it came past him, and he was like. <laughs> And he like turned and started shooting because he just fucking loved almost getting his head blown off. I thought that was like, that's what I wanted the whole mm. movie to feel like. Just yeah. like that, like ridiculous spy versus spy. I kind of wanted, I would have liked Chris Evans to also see more shit happen and be like, holy shit. Like, even if it was against him to be like, <laughs> instead of being like, well, that was unexpected to be like, holy shit. That was, you know what I mean? Almost impressed. I could have used some more like impressed by him. Like, yeah. oh my God, I have to do better. I'm, sure. I, 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 I'm not giving them advice. These people are right. much more accomplished than me. I, I think, I think we've, uh, we've, we've gotten the point across. Do you think? Do, our, we, do, you think, do we need to clarify anything for our <laughs> listeners? I, I don't think we can. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> you like you like the movie better. We're as convoluted to... as this film was. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to try to bring this down so much. I know you <sighs> like the movie. I don't want to be this way. I mean, it. I had fun during this movie. There's a difference. Am I going to watch it again? No. I would have had fun watching this with you. Hmm. Honestly, yeah, I, could, I, I could watch this movie again. You guys got to see what Billy. You guys got to see what Billy Bob Thornton wore to a premiere for this event. He wore a black mm. cutoff shirt with just chain, like silver chains. He looked like he looked like a guy that I saw on the subway the other day asking me to buy his hip hop album. <laughs> the whole and, time and we've been doing this episode. I have my IMDb page up and I'm seeing like clips of them being interviewed and he's sitting next to the girl who plays his daughter and he has on like a really short shirt and like a tank top, like arms with like his, and like a bandana, like a black bandana with a bowler hat on top and his tattoos <laughs> are showing. I mean, Jeez. God, he's fucking ridiculous. I really love just, him so much. <laughs> I'm really just, it's got, a, I'm just going with the guy from Coda for that. I, I can't find it, but I, you it's, know what? He's not, I think it's Wagner Maura. Was no, the guy's name? damn it, La- it's not him. Laszlo ah. Salsa? Yeah, Was that the gotta, character's name? Yeah, it's gotta be. All right, we saw him in Narcos. Okay. We saw him in, um, that's it. That's, that's, what we, that's what we saw. I'm in a does somebody, Elysium. Anyway. Does somebody I have thought a plane? it was that guy too, Jeff. Does somebody have a All plane right. landing outside their window? I, I don't know. I, so. I think the little fan in my computer may have come on very lightly. Maybe they knew oh, the okay, story. Cool. I, don't I hope know. the audience doesn't hear that. Dave, thank you for, for um, <laughs> filtering that out. All right, friends. Well, that is the end of our episode about the gray man. Please, if you disagree, come at us like this person who came at us with the strangest take recently the other day that isn't listening this far into our episode for sure after that review that they gave us. But um, they seem very angry about a take that one of you two had because I wasn't a part of that episode. But anyway. It, it wasn't even a take. It was a question I asked during the discussion. It was like I, I, I asked a question and we didn't know the answer and they kind of took offense at the fact that I asked had did, uh, did Elvis um, like was the – african-american community yeah, fine with him yeah. taking their music and it was that was literally like 
two I minutes of I the remember, show, I want to say. I think and I remember saying that there are a lot of members of, the, apparently, just for the voices of current day, that there are certain, you know, there's a part of the community that has voiced that they do not yeah. feel as comfortable about him having, you know, propagated that music and, mm. and, and, you know, at that time. And she basically said, you know, at the time, if you had done your research... Yeah, we the should African have done American research. musicians were very um, grateful that he had brought it first, to the first center of all, stage. And- <laughs> I don't think Chuck Berry loved it. I don't think Chuck Berry loved it. You have not listened to our show. Welcome, new listener. Um, listen to me. You think I did a fucking in. shred you know of what, research listener? for this episode? You know what, listener? And, you know what? <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you get. Second of all, if if in a in a if fifty-five minute whatever hour long episode, that is your takeaway. Maybe we should send you a mirror. Ooh. Look, we're always just trying to be we're trying to be a little responsible here. It was a question worth raising. Nobody knows the answer to that. And it, look, it's we still loved and praised the movies. So it was a question no worth yeah. taking. Exactly. So anyway, so now you know that we will respond and discuss even the strangest of, of, of takes that you could send at us. But let's go ahead and move into our final segment of today's episode. What mm. you've been watching. What Dave. What you've been watching. Oh, I have been watching uh, Westworld season four, the season we didn't know we were getting. Uh, hey, how is it being the only person that's watching this? How, how does it? <laughs> I'm, it's I'm amazing. I can tell so many to stories to my friends. They made it for also, you, Dave. Do <laughs> <laughs> we know what's at the center of the swirly thing yet? No, but it has come up. Like that is a symbol now. Uh, of course it's, it it's, comes up. That's the whole show is figuring out what the fucking No, it's thing not is. anymore. Keep watching. I should just go straight to season four, actually. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also watching the Disney uh, documentary Light and Magic because, of course, I am. Uh, it's the documentary wait, wait. on how they how they created industrial light and magic. Oh, is it newer? Is that a newer thing that they just it's put brand on there? new? Like came Ooh, out like last that. week. Yeah, that uh, and that, yeah. tonight before the show, I watched Deadpool for fun because I hadn't seen Deadpool in a while. Nice. Number uno, numero yes. uno. Yes. Which one does he have the the regular size dick and the little the little legs? That's number is that two. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They're all on Disney Plus now, which is hilarious. <laughs> They're on um, Disney Plus. Oh no! Yes. How do you prevent your children? Do they from have watching the adult them? feature. There was a the thing sent out to everyone had an account saying if you want to limit your account to like PG stuff, do this now. What's the name of his elite group of superheroes that all X-Force. die? X-Force. <laughs> Dude, that is the best fucking pra- that's the best practical joke ever because X-Force is a real thing. It was a whole series of comics and they're like, yeah, we're doing X-Force in this movie. And they God, did like a nine-month so campaign about oh. X, how they get a feature X-Force and they, they, they like die five seconds in their first mission. That it's was hilarious. really funny. That was hilarious. Good. I think about in, in Westworld. Never forget it. I don't think about Westworld. John, what's yeah, that? You. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a big week of movies. I watched because it was uh, it's been on Criterion for a long time. Um, so I had a lovely rewatch, and I got to share them with Elizabeth for the first time. The Richard Linklater Before series. Oh Before my Sunrise. god, that's on my list. Oh, oh my yeah. god, I've never seen them, and I know that I will love them. Oh, they're, I think you would really love them. I think I think everybody uh, should watch them. I think most people would love them. I think Jeff Foster Mueller would really love those movies. That's my uh, last. So that was people. lovely. That was lovely. Uh, and then, like I said, after yesterday, we watched Great Man, and then I just couldn't help think about the Bourne movie, so we just said, fuck it, let's go. So we watched number one and mm. number two. Um, remarkable. God, I love yeah. those movies, too. I just, <laughs> I, everything I was wanting from that kind of story, it just felt so realistic. And there is something magical that happens. 
no offense, gray man. There is something magical that happens when you create a realistic environment for like the spy games. It just feels like, oh my God, it's just mm. immediately compelling because it seems like a real person that's trained that well could actually do that. And it's terrifying. So I just, yes. man, it was such a fun rewatch. Wait. I think I'm, we're about to watch Ultimatum tonight. So I'm excited. Oh, do it. And then watch the special features if you have access to them because they're awesome. I will. One last thing that I really want to push because I thought it was really beautiful and we're not totally done with the series yet. Uh, Ethan Hawke was approached to direct um, a documentary and he ended up making a docu-series that's presented by CNN Films and it's on HBO Max called The Last Movie Stars. And it's about Mm, uh... Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, their life, their relationship and the history of movies. And it's They're not the last really movie excellent. stars, but I love that. Yeah. He mm. basically got in touch over George the pandemic. George Clooney, Brad Pitt are movie stars. You know what I mean? He got, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll understand why he coined it that way. Okay. Um, but he basically got in touch with a bunch of his movie star friends over the pandemic, and they read as the characters when they're reading accounts from interviews, diaries, mm. things like that. So it's it's really cool. It you learn a lot about movies and movie history if you're into that kind of thing, and also just them and their relationship and their careers. Really compelling. It's really it's been a really really moving watch. I've enjoyed it a lot. Oh, shit. I suggest it. Yeah. Well, to fans of this show, they know that Chloe is very picky of what movies uh, we get to watch together. But she really wanted to watch School of Rock. And hey. oh my god. And um, if you, anybody in the who knows anything about theater. Um, Alex Brightman came to this intensive that I was working at last week to do a Q and A, and he was in Beetlejuice and Broadway. He plays Beetlejuice, but he was yeah, also he's 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 like I I stand Alex Brightman yeah. a lot. And he was also the Jack Black character in School of Rock yes. on Broadway. He's a huge I saw it twice, so. and he's amazing. And I think he's I think he's fantastic. I'd met him before all of this stuff happened. I wish I. I wish I knew that he was going to be so successful. But anyway, um, so we were all <laughs> about it. And I yeah, love fucking leech. <laughs> it's it's funny because um, Chloe even knew she was like, she doesn't even know my Toy Story rants, but she was like, she was like, you're gonna go. On your, <laughs> she was like, you're gonna go on the podcast and say you don't you, that the premise is too crazy. She's gonna say the premise do, do is think, too crazy, and I was like, you're right. I want that's all I want to say is that he goes to the school for three weeks and he doesn't teach a single math class. He only teaches about rock bands. Yeah, I think the premise do, is a little do crazy. Brightman could pull off the Nick Cage character in your musical. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh my God! I just kicked out my um. That was that was ominous. Is that like the opposite of a like a light bulb moment? Is that my my fucking? Did you notice that my ring light just went out? Those are your dreams. Just my ring light dissolving. just went off when Dave just said <laughs> yeah, that. It's... Holy shit! Um, Meant to be. Okay. Any yeah. Anyway, so I School of Rock is really fun. It's and it's it's Richard Linklater is great, but it's all Jack Black, man. He what he does in that movie. Mm. The, the, anybody else, everything else, the same would have t- could have tanked that movie. So quick, quick little yeah. quick little anecdote at USC. In our structure of screen screenwriting design class, we watched School of Rock for our comedy. <laughs> that was the one that they chose. And did and they say, did they say if, if you want a comedy, cast Jack Black. I don't care how good your script is. <laughs> Just a very the structure's tight. It's fun. It's entertaining. You know exactly where you're going the whole yeah. time. Well, and- and it no false ends, expectations. It ends right. If if it, if it went on any longer, even even people who love the premise would have been like, guys, you got to start teaching math. You can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, we both watched, and this is a good little eight people who care about movies and the context of the business and stuff. Richard Linklater, who I was just talking about, yeah. 
was yeah. able to support himself to continue making movies like the other two before the last two number two and number three of the before series because he fucking made a movie like School of Rock to yep. have some fun with an audience and pay for his fucking houses. Hmm. So, I listened to a pod with him cool. and he said he actually turned it down originally because he was like that's not his kind of comedy. And they said they already have Jack Black involved. Like it's basically <laughs> like we got this good script and we have Jack Black. Like this is a fucking breeze for you. Come we just have need a director. Some fun, dude. And you yeah. get up on because some of those opening sequences where they put in the names of all the characters, like as they're going to the concert ahead of you know what I mean? Just like yeah. stupid little like things that directors love to do. They they like they, they like as opposed to like letting a studio come up with some production, you know, like to just like have the neon sign next to the person ripping tickets, say like directed by Richard Linklater, like stupid things that indie filmmakers Mm. would love. They let him do in this kind of movie to like put his own stamp on it. And then you go to the bed and it's Adam, Adam Pascal (laughs) from rock. (laughs) And then he jumps off the stage and no one catches him. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Adam Pascal. All right, people. Thank you so much for tuning in next week. We're doing bullet train and we're going to be way more positive on it. I know it. Brad Pitt wears a bucket hat. (laughs) Sold. Just like the big short. Okay, see you guys.